0: When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win.
1: And Welcome to another episode of Went to Mode Kings Meadow, the podcast that talks exclusively about the second-best team in Europe, unfortunately. Um, I'm your host, Dean, and on this week's show, we're looking back at that Champions League defeat at the hands of FC Barcelona. Uh, this is episode 25 of Went to Mode Kings Meadow, entitled A Step Too Far. Uh, now joining me this week, as ever, is my wonderful host, Jane. Jane, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good, thank you, Dean. How are you?
1: I'm okay. I'm over it now. Feeling good. Yeah. And, and I'm excited <laughs> for this one um because we have probably the hardest working chelsea women's content creator out there um we've able to fit her in the schedule um the creator of she talks Ball, um you've probably seen it everywhere Raja, good job Raja, how are you doing i'm
3: doing very well thank you for having me glad to be here
1: yeah thanks for joining us now as you're a first time guest we like our guests to talk about how they got into supporting chelsea uh, the sort of their journey following the team, their favourite players, their best memories. Um, yeah, so just let the listeners know your story.
3: Yeah, I started watching women's football actually before I started watching men's football. So I think that's a little bit of a tag or like a special tag that I have. And I like to post about that as well. Um, I think the the defining moment of me starting to follow the Chelsea women's side was that away goal that Matt and just scored versus PSG. I think it's one of those iconic moments in the Chelsea women's history. And that really drew me to this club and, and the celebrations after I just had this want and feel to follow this club all the way through. And yeah, I've been watching WSL ever since it has become accessible to all of us here in India through the FA player. And of course, following the Champions League through YouTube streams and UEFA.TV. So yeah, it's, it's been a really, really fun journey um, you know, following the women's team, learning a lot. I've also been um, getting a lot of teammates and friends involved in following women's football. And I think Chelsea women is a great place to start. So that's how it got started. I think my favorite players, somebody asked me this, it's hard to pick. Currently, Magda Eriksson, I think for the last season, has been one of my top players just because uh, I have more of a a defensive, like an affinity to defensive players just because they don't always get recognized and not always in the spotlight. But we've seen Magda and what she provides to this team in terms of leadership and just her technical skill on the field as well. So yeah, Magda Eriksson for me.
1: Yeah, I suppose it doesn't matter who you pick as your favourite player; it's going to be a good choice. Um, how yeah. the, does the new television deal affect you in any way? Because obviously it's going to Sky and BBC does that affect your access to games in India?
3: It does not. It does not. It does not like improve it or hamper it in any way. We still continue to watch on the FA Player, and yeah, I think Sky Sports and BBC is all around UK and Europe, so it does not affect us. Um, hopefully, we get consistent coverage on the FA Player with good commentary and no input signal. Um, you know, those problems that we always have, technical problems are sort of a, a bummer. But yeah, apart from that, I think we'll be good to go.
1: Yeah, don't hold your breath on the commentary from the FA player. Um, <laughs> I suppose we'd better talk about the game then. Um, Chelsea, Neil, Barcelona 4, um, Jane Runners for your important information from the game.
2: So Chelsea lined up this one in a 4-3-3 formation with Berger in goal, a back four of Charles Bright, Eriksson, and Carter. Ingle, G and Leopold with a midfield three, with Kirby, Harder and Kerr up front. Emma made three substitutions, bringing on Wrighton for Leopold at half-time, Cuthbert and England on for G and Kerr in the 73rd minute. This left Musovic, Telford, Blundell, Anderson, Spence, Fleming, Fox and Beaver-Jones as unused subs. That's why Chelsea had 47% possession with a passing accuracy of 82%. 480 attempted passes with 392 completed. 17 shots with five on target, four corners, 10 fouls with one yellow card and two offsides. Compared with Barcelona's 53% possession with a passing accuracy of 82%. 556 attempted passes with 454 completed. 11 shots with six on target, five corners, seven fouls with one yellow and two offsides.
1: Yeah, time then for Mia's tactical assessment. Um, she sent me this pretty much after the game. Uh, Mia wanted to talk about the use of um, Vanilla Harder as a lone striker, which didn't really work. Um, Swedish media were picking up if Hayes knew how to get the best out of the star player. Um, And Panilla was the one that took most of the criticism online after the game. Raja, what do you make of Mia's assessment of Emma's use of Panilla?
3: Yeah, I think in this final, you had to have some bold strategy and some bold moves to really come out and, you know, take Barcelona head on. And Emma Hayes had this plan that we're going to have um, harder as an out-and-out striker. Of course, in hindsight, it did not work. But I think potentially given the chances that she had in the first half, you know, converting one or two of those two chances and we're talking about a different story here. So I think you have to credit and appreciate Emma Hayes' bold tactics. It it was not a defensive mindset, and I think that was a good approach going into this final. Of course, in hindsight, it didn't work out, but I think that was more to do with Barcelona and how they pressed us and how, you know, just credited them and how they came out and really embraced this final and embraced the occasion and really put out a very dominant performance.
1: Yeah, I suppose as we'll get on to the the first goal and the penalty, really throw any game plan out the window. Yeah, I thought it was unfair, Jane, that Peniela was the one that took the criticism. Um, She had the chances, but, you know, it was the whole sort of team that sort of suffered from Barcelona's quality, wasn't it? Not just her.
2: Yeah, I think it was tough for Peniela to get all the criticism. Obviously, you can't blame the loss on just one player. Obviously, she had the chances and it just wasn't our day for them to go into the back of the net. And I do feel sorry that she got, like, most of it. Like, it's a team... You can't, for a loss like that, you can't just blame the one. You've got to say something about the whole team. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, you know, it wasn't as if Barcelona are not a good team and we've, we've lost to them. You know, they're the best team in Europe for a reason. Um, Jane, let's talk about the lineup. then. It's pretty much what we expected from our preview of this game. Um, what did you make of the team, sort of, pleased before kickoff.
2: off um, I was shocked that Anderson didn't start. I don't know... I don't know. Maybe she might have picked up an injury at some point, and Emma's not told us. But she hasn't like sort of played in a few games now. So I was, I thought she would have started Anderson and Ch- uh, Jess instead of Jess and Charles. Um, but other than that, it was pretty much what I expected to see. That was like a winning lineup that we've won before with.
1: Yeah, Raja, Before the game, Emma's sort of interview with uh, BT. She said that the team she's picked. She doesn't do the strongest team. She does a team that can implement her game plan. Um, so like those moves, like Mia mentioned, Canilla playing as a lone striker, Jess Carter kind of being at left-back and not right-back, those were pretty interesting to see because we didn't really get to see the game plan once the game had started, didn't we?
3: Exactly. I was talking to somebody else about this and they asked me if, if Chelsea's strategy worked. And I said, I'm not sure they got the time to implement it because they were on the back foot from the get-go. So while... We can see the strategy and something that she had in mind looking at the lineup and looking at the formation and the positions of the players. I'm not sure they got a chance to really showcase what that entire strategy was about. And it was interesting to see Jess um, at left back and me at right back. Of course, in hindsight, I think both the fullbacks were just so good on their day that um, it was going to be hard for our... Sorry, both the wingers were so good that it was going to be hard for our fullbacks to, um, you know, curtail them. And and we did see that on the field as well.
1: Yeah, I suppose it was... Nine years of, of waiting, you know, countless hours of hard work behind the scenes leading to the, the kick-off in the Champions League final. Uh, 32 seconds later, it was 1-0 to Barcelona. Jane, the worst possible start to, to a final. And, you know, a very unlucky goal to concede as well.
2: It just happened so quickly. I, like, missed the goal. I sort of... I must have, like, just looked down, like, quickly. And I looked up and we was, like, 1-0 down. And I was like, what's going on? And... Um, it is so unlucky and it being an own goal as well makes it worse. And it was just, I think where it happened so quickly, it just shocked most people. And I think it shocked a lot of the players.
1: Yeah, I was watching on my phone to uh, a message from Discord come through it just said Jesus. And then they hit the bar on my phone. And I thought, oh, well, maybe it's just that. And then she kicks <laughs> it, Frank kicks it against Melanie and it goes in. Obviously, we benefited from that in, in the semi-final, didn't we, with Melanie um, being kicked against the head as it went in the top corner. Um, Roger Barcelona came out you know, flying, really. They, they was really from the get-go, like you said. And as Jane said, I think it shocked us, you know, that early pressure. What was your take on sort of the opening few minutes of the game?
3: Yeah, I think I tweeted this out as well. It felt like it was a game of FIFA on the PlayStation and the Chelsea controller was out of battery. I don't think the players were really making going into spaces and it just seemed to be a comedy of errors that shocked us and numbed numbed us almost to an extent that we were immediately just trying to scramble. We were always chasing the ball. I think those first few minutes, Barcelona not only got a good chance and converted it through an own goal or whatever that was, I think they pressed consistently. And they completely cut out our forward line and our midfield. So our our strikers were isolated to such an extent that we couldn't provide anything to them. And Barcelona then kept getting the ball, kept keeping the ball with them and really putting the pressure back on us. I think our fullbacks might have been a little bit too attacking to an extent that Likia Martins was always in behind um, Neef Charles. And Neef Charles is always chasing Martin. So I think, um, look, Barcelona, credit to them. They, I think they knew what to expect from the final and the pressures that come with it. And they really, really stamped their authority in the first 15.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Having said that, you know, 1-0 down, but you still got 89 minutes to play is not the end of the world. Um, you've got, like, obviously, all the game to make things right. Um, Chelsea did settle a little bit, Jane. They had you know two very good chances for opening and as mentioned. Uh, one of those she probably should have scored. But, um, you know, it was sort of good signs after that early goal that maybe we'd still be competitive in this game, wasn't it?
2: I did think we were still going to come back and get a goal. Like you said, Peniel had some good chances, but we was just unlucky that they didn't hit the back of the net. I feel like on any other game, all them goals that we had would have been scored. But because it was such a big game in a final, I feel like they were just like, now... We're not letting you in.
1: Yeah, we knocked on the door a little bit and then, you know, 12 minutes in, disaster as Carter gets beaten. Emoto uh, goes down after kicking Leopold's. Uh, the ref gives a penalty. Uh, replays that I saw looked very harsh. Rajah, we have VAR. They, they seem to look at it, but not look at it. Um, so what was your take on the penalty? For me, it wasn't. Was it for you? No. Nope. Um, I
3: think, you know, I... In the past, I have said that I'm not a big fan of VAR being kind of dumped into the final of the biggest stage of European football for the women. Having said that now, if you have the technology, surely you have to go and check that out for a double take, right? You The, the ref has called it. You have the opportunity to confirm that. You have the opportunity to overturn it and make. A, I think VAR has been brought in for correct decision making. And in my opinion, you know. Jenny had just kicked, missed the ball, and then finally made contact with Leupold in front of her and then went down. I mean, I was was really upset that, um, you know, they gave that penalty and more upset that they didn't use the technology that they had at hand. Um, I think that, you know, that completely, I think that might even have been the defining moment in our, in our 90 minutes, because you can get over that freak own goal and come back with 89 minutes to spare. But having a decision taken against you and Leupold's again at the receiving end of that I think her confidence completely went bust after that. She was subbed off at halftime. So a lot of different levels playing into that decision. But yeah, in my opinion, it was not a penalty.
1: Yeah, and I also thought you could give a free kick to Jess for the challenge on her, the way she loses possession, because there's a nudge in her back and she's towards to goal. Um, Jane thought the penalty and the goal left Chelsea with so much to do in the game against such a strong team. Uh, but more importantly, perhaps as we mentioned already, through threw Emma's game plan out the window and these players are having to adapt on the fly against such a strong team. It was a it was a devastating goal, as Roger said, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think, and it wasn't it wasn't a penalty. And I just don't it's just it's heartbreaking to see like stuff go like that when they bigged up like having VAR and all this stuff, and it just wasn't used in the way it should have. Um, and I think after that second goal, it definitely knocked us completely. And I and I and honestly, I do think that was it. That was game over.
1: Yeah, it did feel like it. Um, you know, from that goal, Barcelona really, really took control of the game, to had on already, but they stepped up a level. Um, they had the experience. I think, in this big game, you know, the wire players, you know, Martins and Graham Hansen were fantastic. We're right, just talking about experience, though. Chelsea in a final with a 21-year-old in Neve Charles, who last season got relegated with Liverpool. A uh, 23-year-old, Jess Carter, who only a month ago started playing football in the first team, having been on the bench for the majority of the season. Up against two fantastic wingers, probably the best wingers in world football. It just really showed, didn't it?
3: It did. And you can argue that Chelsea had their number three and their number four choice fullback on the field um, in in the biggest game potentially in their history. And um, it definitely did show this is a game that both our fullbacks would potentially just want to forget. But also at the same time, I think they're going to want to watch it again and again and learn and take away everything they can. I think the wingers for Barcelona, not only with the ball, as they are known to play really well with the ball. But when they didn't have the ball, their movements and positioning were, were so wide that they dragged their fullbacks out, creating space in, in the middle, down the centre of our um, our spine, really. And that's where we were hurt with the third and fourth goal. So I think that um, really, really smart play by Barcelona, not just with the ball, but without the ball as well. And surely a big learning curve for our young fullbacks.
1: Yeah. Jane, you said game over at 2-0. I felt if you get to half-time, you could maybe rearrange, change things a little bit and keep in the game, and maybe have another go, but the way that Barcelona scored that third goal, the way they just tore through us with, with ease, that for me was, was the game done and dusted, and you know, showed afterwards the players' reaction to that goal going in.
2: Yeah, I think, like, at half-time I was expecting Emma to make more than just the one sub, I thought maybe she'd see that the team she's put out isn't working, and serious stuff needed to be done I would have hated to be in that changing room at half time just but it was just like you said after the third goal winning that was it I didn't think I sort of saw this final as the final Barcelona was first in against Leon when they lost 4-1 I sort of saw it was like a replay of that but obviously Barcelona was in Leon's place and they were going to come out the winners of the game
1: yeah, I suppose if 3-0 was, was the game over, 4-0 was a bit of a low blow um, from Barcelona. Roger, I really felt for the team when that football went in because I don't really feel like they deserved to be in the situation where they were 4-0 down after 36 minutes, wherever it was.
3: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think this team has shown character throughout their season. They, of course, um, have the domestic double as of now. It's in the favor of their way, making it to their first final. I don't think they, they deserved it at the same time. If Barcelona comes out the way they did and played the way they did, I think Barcelona deserves that kind of a victory. So um, maybe from the flip perspective is that they have had this mission or this project on their mind since 2019, since that loss. And they've really come out and proven that they've been training extra, working extra hard just for this moment. So credit to Barcelona. Whereas I think, you know, it's a good experience for Chelsea, having come at the correct time, not maybe three, four years later, because now we have the time to pull a Barcelona potentially in a couple of years.
0: Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Gidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash ChelseaFanCast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea FanCast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Yeah, Jane, mentioning that really Barcelona deserving champions. Obviously, you mentioned their defeat. So we've got the blueprint now to go on and do the same, haven't we?
2: Yeah, I definitely think the next time round it will be ours. Obviously, Barcelona was just as hungry for that trophy as we was. They were in that position two years ago with that loss to Leon, So they, they knew, they'd experienced it before and they knew what they had to do to be able to win that trophy. And that is what they did. They came out against us and just fought their hardest to try and get it. And that's what we've got to do next season, hopefully.
1: Yeah, well, I'm confident that, you know, the team will take a lot from this game. Roger, the, the key difference for me in this game was the big attack of players from Barcelona, you know, the Graham Hansons, the Martins, that most delivered and they was able to deliver because they were given the opportunities to deliver. You know, Harder had a couple of chances early on, but Kirby and Kerr were invisible really in this game. And for me, that was because the midfield was overrun. They couldn't get on the ball. They couldn't escape the press. Um, and that, for me, is the biggest you know disappointment from the game is that the midfield, you know, were non-existent and we couldn't defend. We couldn't help the defence. We couldn't help the attack, and and that really showed them that.
3: It did. I think we pride ourselves on that Jingle Poles midfield. It's something that has held us and carried us throughout the season. But I think, you know, football is often won and lost in the midfield. And that midfield completely dissected us, broke up our any link up that potentially we could have had with each other, with the attackers or with the defenders, as you mentioned. And again, having that midfield is like having a pivot, right? And because that pivot didn't exist, we really couldn't spray the ball up top or collect the ball from behind. And credit to Barcelona for breaking up that play very strategically. And of course, you know, Chelsea, we have these lethal attackers, but we have providers behind them who provide those balls for the finishing. So I think, yeah, a couple of uh, missed opportunities, obviously, when we were provided the ball up in the final third. But overall, I think um, G, who's like our technician in the midfield, really had to drop deep to collect the ball many times. Pauls was off her game after the, the first two goals that You know, she had a part to play in, of course, Ingle again, having to put on another role, put on another sort of, um, you know, thing on her list to do was to collect the ball and kind of, you know, at least make a few proper passes before actually sending the ball up top.
1: Yeah, that's what impressed me most about Barcelona, really. You know, their press in that midfield was insane. Jane, try and take a positive from the game. The second half performance, you know, Chelsea showed spirit. They had some glimpses of what we're going to do. Um, you know, Guru Raita, when she came on, looked very good. Um, yeah, you know, they played with their pride and, and passion. And sort of the team, they didn't let us down in that second half. They came out after such a pumping in the first half, but was able to showcase you know, what they could do. I know Barcelona already won the game, but you know, it was important that they you know, played with pride and they did that, didn't they?
2: I think the way Guru came, do- came on, I really did think, oh, actually we might still have some sort of chance here. Like, <laughs> you're shaking your head. No, I really just think, like, maybe this could go to extra I did say it was going to go extra time and penalties. So I was thinking maybe just... I had that little bit of hope still left in me that some magic was going to happen. But we did. We I think we tried a lot harder in the second half than we did the first half. That
1: is eternal optimism. And perhaps because you're younger than me you still have that hope for me it was gone I thought we should just stop it at half time even got five players sent off so the score was only Um, 3-0 in the British media in the Telegraph they wrote a piece after the game that Chelsea talked about how far Chelsea had to go to reach that level are they that far away you know the first two goals are flukes especially the first one if Harder scores are a chance, then Chelsea make this game competitive. So what your view? How far away are we? What do we need to do to get there?
3: I think we're closer than any of the other teams, right? Because we made it to the final. And um, it's easy to, after a loss in that fashion, I think Chelsea have had a target on their back, being WSL champions back-to-back, having taken the County Cup. And I think it's good that the, the media is so harsh on us. I mean, just because it shows them it shows what standards Chelsea have, right? And the fact that we've beaten the odds, we've beaten our rivals in Wolfsburg that have troubled us for years now, to make it to this final. And having been beaten the way we've been beaten, of course we have to work to make it to that next level, to change the color of our medals from silver to gold. But saying that we're very far away, I think that's just exaggeration. I think that's just more of clickbaity media. It's not it's not very factual because the fact is that we're champions of England. We've been for two seasons now. So so clearly we just have a little bit of finessing to do in terms of European competition. And I'm sure that that's already in the works.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think we're we're that far away. You know, the the game gets taken away from us so early. And Jane, one thing that really fills me with confidence was um, Roman Abramovich being in attendance of the game, uh, being in the dressing room after the game and Emma saying that the girls were going to be back here um, to him. I think we're going to get the, the financial backing we need that we have done. We have got financial backing so far, but I think we're going to get the extra bit we need maybe to sign one or two more players that are going to supplement the quality that we've got. What did you make of his presence and plans for the future?
2: I think it was nice for him to be at the game. Obviously, he does a lot for the club, not just the men's team, like the women's side of it as well. And it was lovely to see the girls having so much confidence after that defeat and telling him, like, we will be back. Like, don't worry. And I do think he is going to help us out that little bit more.
1: Yeah, Rafa, talking about the future, you know, this is the first full season for Melanie Liverpool's, putting a hard up. It's the first full season as well for Sam Kerr. You know, we didn't know the level that Frank Kirby was going to be at when she returned from illness. Um, you know, perhaps you know we weren't supposed to be in this year's final. We're still building. And you know the result showed that we got there a bit quicker than probably we should have done.
3: Yeah, I mean, we talk about the, the holy trinity of Chelsea's attack has been Per Kirby and Harder, and this is the first season that they're playing together. Exactly as you mentioned, Kirby coming back from almost a career-threatening illness, Per obviously adjusting to a new continent and a new team in her first full season. Harder, of course, a seasoned vet when it comes to European competitions, but again, has a different role in this team. So I think, of course, building is always happening. Growth and progress is how the teams move forward. Potentially... We, we've shown a little bit of that Chelsea spark by making it to this final when teams didn't really expect us to, especially with a new setup, a new formation, and a new way of playing. But I think um, great science of the club. I think they should be very proud of their run so far. Of course, the loss will hurt. It will sting. But I think only taking positives from that, learning everything you can, will really make us come back stronger next season. And a season where we have this holy trifecta that has been playing together for a year now. I, I cannot even imagine, you know, if they can level up and change the gear and, um, you know, have something else in the bank, then that's going to be very exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for this summer, what happens um, with the signings. Um, Jane, no player of the match vote, I suppose, for this game. If you had to pick a player, I'd probably pick uh, Guru Ratan. Um, Frank Kirby did finish the joint top scorer of the competition with Jennifer Moso on six goals. Um, but we're going to leave it to Emma. Uh, her quote to to the fans to round round up this sort of pre uh, review of the game, so to speak.
2: So Emma said, "I love you. We missed you. We gave it everything. We're not quite European champions yet, but guess what? We're second, the second best team in Europe. I'll take that as the step in the right direction."
1: Yeah, this is what I really take comfort in from the from the game. You know, on another day, this result would be different because they wouldn't get those you know first two goals and Chelsea make it a competitive picture. Um, Importantly, Rajah, there, there will be another day, won't there? Chelsea will be back in the Champions League final very soon.
3: Absolutely, the the mission, the project has already begun. I think when someone asks me, who do you want to uh, sign an extension contract with this club? My first answer is always Emma Hayes. I want her to sign a, a lifetime contract. The things that she's done for this club, the blood, sweat and tears going into it, she's really building something special and um, very clearly, the development of Chelsea is at the forefront and then personal gains or anything else is very secondary. So um, I'm, I'm hoping this team really makes it back, makes a good comeback the Champions League next year. Of course, there's a new format and being WSL champions, we're put into the group stage directly. So, of course, you know, success in England does sort of result to success in Europe as we've seen. And hopefully we can use that as a springboard going into this new season. I have, I have high hopes and, um, you know, not without any backing. I think we've got great players to meet those
1: expectations as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jane, obviously, it's difficult to watch the players upset at full time. You know, I think Magda was the one in tears the most. But, you know, they've had setbacks before. They've lost finals, they've lost leagues, but they've always come back stronger. And, you know, that has to give us hope as well, mustn't
2: it? I really do think it's a step in the right direction. Obviously, we all did want to win. And obviously, it is heartbreaking to lose a massive final that we've been working to get to for so many years but I think it just gives us that extra boost for games to come you saw when we lost against Brighton we didn't we came back so much stronger and I think when uh, Thursday's game against Everton we're going to come back stronger and next season we're going to come back as strong as we can because our aim is to get to that final again
1: yeah absolutely um Roger, Emma said after the game, you know, the game was over before it begun for Chelsea and that was definitely the case. Um, What was your overall summation of the game? You know, why it went wrong and and how it went wrong and and what Chelsea sort of did on the day?
3: Yeah, I think the only conclusion I can come to is that you cannot simulate the pressures and expectations that come with the Champions League final, right? You can hear them, you can talk about them, you can read them. But at the end of the day, if, if you haven't experienced it, you really don't know what you're in for. And that's just from a neutral observer that, that I kind of saw. I saw Barcelona play a couple of years ago, Of course, I've been following all the Champions League finals. I think Chelsea know that now as well. And the fact that the entire Barcelona team, or a great extent of them, had faced this and had faced a devastating loss the last time they were here, they knew what to change. They knew how to handle it. Um, you know, psychology is a, is a big part of any sport. So I think Chelsea again as emma said you know the game was sort of over before it began barcelona had that up the green and just press after press and every time you know you make a good move it gets easier to make a following move and on the other hand every time you make a mistake you sort of you know another mistake is around the corner so i think it was just a case of i think when jane was reading the stats it was 82% passing accuracy for both teams but i think that was very skewed in the first half and chelsea probably you know made that up in the second half so i think the first half was a very one-sided affair and Chelsea were just chasing the ball. I think overall summation is that Barcelona showed up and I'm hoping that Chelsea, the Chelsea that I wanted to show up, does show up, you know, come the FA Cup in a couple of days and of course the season that comes after. But I think a, a big learning curve and a painful one, but something that you really have to take away and grow from. Yeah, Jane, you know,
1: pretty perfect summation there. And as Emma said, you know, a step in the right direction, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think to win, there was a, someone tweeted on Twitter and they was like, it took us nine years or something to get to the Conti Cup to win the Conti Cup final. We lost the league the year before we actually like won the league and stuff like that. Like We lost the FA Cup. You've got to lose things to win things at the end of the day. And to lose this is going to give us more confidence to come back and win it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As I said on, on Twitter from our account, you know, defeats do not define you. Um, they're difficult to take, but they, they do not define you. And what defines you is your reaction to them. And, and this team has always reacted, you know, in the best possible way. Uh, you know, keep trust and keep faith in Emma and the team. You know, we will all be back. Of that, you know, I'm absolutely certain. Uh, and, and with that, that's you know, all we've got time for this week. Um, and next week we're recording our season review with Mega Hearn from the CFCW Social. This is going to be available only on our Patreon. Um, so make sure you subscribe to that to hear that season review. Um, We've we'll also have got a preview of Thursday's game against Everton EFA Cup. Um, and we're going to do a little review as well of Mia from her experience at the game and her thoughts on it. Um, so lots of content available to our Patreon. So the link will be in the description of the episode. Um, Jane, a pleasure. Not the result we wanted, not the performance we expected in the first half, but you know, proud of the team still.
2: Yeah, not the podcast I expected to be recording but we're proud of the team no matter what and I know we're going to smash it next year
1: Yeah, definitely um, Raja, thank you so much for fitting us in your schedule um, <laughs> you, I know you're so busy um, I forgot to do this at the start but you know, where can people find your work, what you do, your reaction videos um, if they don't know already because you're everywhere but where can they find you?
3: Yeah, they can find me at She Talks Ball. Pretty simple. She Talks Ball at um, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I'm always up for chatting women's football. I think creating content and coverage is a great way to promote it. And yep, thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, it's our pleasure. And I see you've got the video from was it Sophie? Um, was that yeah. how did that happen? What come about? How did that come about?
3: Yeah, well, they reached out to me. Um, the digital media company that is partnering with Chelsea or the Chelsea client for reach out to me for a fan story of how I got into football um, as a girl in India and how I got into watching the women's team because they had not covered the women's team yet. And so whatever we should do the time, I had in half an hour interview and then he sent me a video on my phone and said, download it, but don't open it. And I was like, I kind of, you know, worked up the nerve. I felt like something was coming. And of course it was Sophie Ingle saying, you know, take care in India and we're, we're really happy to have you as a supporter and as a fan of this club. So yeah. I think that's just really what this club is about. It's about the fans, it's about a family atmosphere. So, yeah, it was really special.
1: Yeah, it was great to see you. You, you know, totally deserve it for everything you've sort of done in the build-up, not just in this game, but all over the season as well. I'm a big fan of the reaction videos, um, reliving the moments that I feel when I'm watching the game. Um, Obviously, a tough time at the moment in India with everything that's going on. You know, We hope that you, you and the family are all safe and... Hopefully you know, there's, there's light to come soon from, from the situation that's going on there.
3: Thank you, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, all the links to, to Raja and you know, our Twitters and everything are going to be in the description. Um, also our links to our YouTube, our Discord and our Patreon are all going to be there. So um, check them out. Don't forget, you can also contact the show via email at, at gmail.com. Um We'll read them out on the show when we record again. Um, and that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, just fans. From King's Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high.
0: It's the ninetieth minute, all your mates around.